The time, 8.30. We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. Today, we want to talk about doctrine. There's a lot of places and a lot of people that say, well, they don't preach doctrine. They just preach the gospel because doctrine causes confusion or separates and things like that. So we want to go to the Word of God and just find out, is that true? If that's true, then we wouldn't want to preach doctrine. But let's find out. Let's go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about preaching doctrine. And in the meantime, we're going to have a song here uh, before we start from Brother John and friends. And they're going to be singing about this, It Is Well With My Soul. When
thank the Lord for that. It is well with my soul. Now, if we want it to be well with our soul, then we have to obey the word of God. I would like to go over to Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter and verse 2. And God is speaking. He said, my doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as showers upon the grass. In the fourth chapter of the book of Proverbs, verse 1, he said, Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. So God intended for us to have doctrine. I remember on different occasions, uh, talking with men and talking with preachers, and uh, they, they want to stay away from doctrine. Well, we don't preach doctrine here. Uh, we stay away from that. Uh, doctrine causes division. We just preach the gospel and so on and so forth. And from what I can see and understand the word of God, you couldn't preach the gospel if you don't preach doctrine. That is a falsehood. And people uh, want to do that. They want to stay away from doctrine. In other words, let people come, think or believe whatever they want to think or believe and just sort of preach something around, you know, uh, make them feel good. But the trouble is, if they don't, believe and obey the truth, they're going to be lost. And that's a sad thing to think that the day will come when they'll stand before God not knowing the truth, not understanding what they were supposed to do. And they followed some cunningly devised fable and caused them to be lost for eternity. That's a sad thing. Think about the preacher that's going to be responsible for that and have all the blood upon his hands because he didn't want to offend anybody. He didn't want to lose his crowd. Uh, he was afraid of losing the money. So therefore, he would not preach doctrine. And he preached things that caused the people to uh, 
would tickle their ears, like he said over there in uh, when Paul wrote to Timothy, and made people feel good, and they felt comfortable in their sin. They felt comfortable in the life that they was living, and and felt that it was all right because the preacher said, "Oh, don't worry about it. You're all right." And he didn't want to get into no doctrine. But listen to what Jesus said, and this is found in the seventh chapter of Matthew. And he had been teaching uh, very strict, stern things. I mean, he was just laying, laying it down the way that it should be. And he even said here in the 22nd chapter of this seventh verse, he said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Whenever you begin to teach the Word of God with authority, like Jesus did, you begin to teach the doctrine of God, and that's, that's the doctrine. Now, his doctrine was the doctrine of God. Because remember what God said there in Deuteronomy 32. He was going to give us a doctrine. And also in Proverbs 4, God had a doctrine for us. Now, Jesus said over in the seventh chapter of the book of uh, John, about verse 16, he said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. And if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So Jesus was telling us that the doctrine that he taught, that he preached, was not his. He was saying that it was the doctrine of God. He got it from God. In other words, God had ordained it. God had set it in order. And God wanted his people to understand doctrine. Back in Isaiah, he said, whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he cause to understand doctrine? He went on to them that were weaned uh, from the milk and, and uh, <clears throat> in other words, uh, was on something uh, stronger, the strong meat. And we know what strong meat is. Jesus said, uh, strong, my, I have meat that you know not of. He said, my meat is to do the will of my Father. So we know that the doctrine of God then causes us to do God's will. And if we're not, if we do not have doctrine, how can we do God's will? It's just impossible. So we find out then the doctrine of God is to do God's will. It's to do something. Now, when the apostles that was chosen by Jesus Christ uh, went to the upper room, tarried there, waited there until they was endued with power, in other words, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They spake with tongues and they uh, got power with God, power to witness. Well, they came out of there preaching the what we call today the Apostles' Doctrine. But actually, where did they get it? They got it from Jesus. Where did Jesus get it? He got it from God. It was the doctrine of God. How do I know that? Hebrews, the second chapter, said, 
uh, that <clears throat> we've got to give them more earnest heed to the things that which, which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word of God spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense and reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now watch this, which first began to be spoken of by the Lord, and then was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So if Jesus was preaching the doctrine of God, the apostles then come along and confirmed that. So they was also preaching the doctrine of God. And so they, that's what they taught the people. And we know on the day of Pentecost, the first thing that Peter began to preach when they asked him, what must we do to be saved? Well, today they will say, no works now, no works. So they say, well, just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Or they say, come down the aisle, walk down the aisle here and, and kneel down here at the altar or raise your right hand and repeat after me. Now they're saying no works, but all the time telling you to do something. Because of the hypocrisy and the ignorance that is in them, they don't understand the fullness of the Word of God to what they must do to be saved. They don't understand the difference between the works of the law and the works of grace. They just don't understand it at all. So we find that Peter said to them when they said, what must we do? Peter said, repent. So then we have to repent because he was preaching the doctrine of God. And he said, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then he went on to say, this promise is unto you and to your children. Then he went on and went beyond that. He said, and to them that are afar off, that's the Gentile people, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call, and God's calling anybody today, they come under that same thing. Because why? And that's the doctrine of God. Now, the Bible said that they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And verse 42, and they continued steadfastly, now this is the second chapter of Acts, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. And I want you to know from that day on that they taught doctrine. How do I know that? Well, you go over to the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, verse 28. Now we find that they had been arrested. They had been told not to preach in that name anymore. They just was causing quite a stir in Jerusalem because they was preaching, people was being healed, people was being set free, they was getting a following, it was just falling to place, and there was nothing that anybody could do about it. But they was trying, you know, you had the Pharisees and the, uh, the people in authority at that time and the chief priest, and they, they was trying to uh, snifle this thing, they was trying to stop it, uh, just uh, put an end to it. And uh, so they called him in again and after they had been arrested and threatened and all these things. And they set them down and said, Look, did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon this. So then I've learned something here now that the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of God, has to involve the name because they was told uh we told you not to preach in this name anymore we commanded you to do that 
And yet you have went out and filled Jerusalem with this doctrine. So if I'm going to preach the doctrine of God, I'm going to be preaching the name of Jesus Christ. It's right here according to your word. Uh, to the word. So I, I'm thankful for that knowledge, and I do believe that we must preach doctrine. Now, we go over to the sixth chapter of Romans in verse 17, and we find the apostle writing to them said, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Now, what doctrine was delivered? It was the apostles' doctrine. Where did they get it? They got it from Jesus. Where did he get it? He got it from God. And that was the doctrine, and that was the word being preached that brought them deliverance. Now, we find over in the 16th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 17. He said, well, in verse 16, salute one another with a holy kiss. Now, churches don't want to do that. There's many, I mean, they... Uh, really buck up against that one, but still it's in the Word of God, and if it's in the Word of God, I don't want to fight it. I want to believe it. Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. He said, now you have learned a doctrine. What doctrine? The doctrine of the apostles. The doctrine that they received from Jesus, the doctrine that he received from God. So they're just one doctrine. You can't have different doctrines or nothing else. You have to have what the Bible speaks about and calls sound doctrine. You go over to the book of Timothy, and it's really uh, uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. They're just one verse after another where Paul is instructing them. Watch what he says here in, in 1 Timothy, the first chapter, third verse. He said, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went unto Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. You can't teach any other doctrine, but the doctrine of God. And who will learn that? Then they get off the milk and get weaned from the breast and get on some good strong meat. They will learn the doctrine of God. And uh, he said, there is no other doctrine. And he said, charge them that they teach no other doctrine. Then he said in verse 10, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves. He said, now this is what the law was for. He said, the law was for these. And uh, he said, uh, went on, he said, men stealers, liars, perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So we know all these things that he's speaking about, that the law uh, was for the lawless. That, if you're lawless, if you're doing any of these things, that's contrary to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine will deliver you. Sound doctrine will make you free from sin. Sound doctrine will help you. All right, you go over to the fourth chapter of 1 Timothy. He writes to him, he said, Till I come, Paul said, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine." In other words, he wanted him to teach doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save, both save thyself and them that hear thee. And then he said, uh, let the elders that rule well, he says in the 17th verse, 
of the fifth chapter, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. In the sixth chapter, he starts it right out. Let many of the servants, uh, as many as the servants are under the yoke, count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And what he was instructing there is the way that we conduct ourselves in our everyday life. Now you go to 2 Timothy, third chapter. He said in verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Then he said in verse 16, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Then he says in the fourth chapter, in verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and turn their, uh, and shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. All right. So he said there's time coming they won't endure sound doctrine. Then he writes to Titus, in Titus the second chapter, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. It seemed pretty important to Paul that they teach doctrine. Then he said in verse 7, In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. In verse 9, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their masters and to please them, uh, well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. So they felt that the doctrine was important. They felt that we should live and conduct our life in a manner that would adorn the doctrine of God, never doing anything that would bring reproach or anything against the doctrine of God, because the doctrine of God is actually all the way that we should conduct ourselves, how we get saved, how we stay saved, and uh, how that we conduct ourselves after we're saved. And the doctrine of God, our lifestyle, our speech, our conversation, everything is included in there. If you read that second chapter of Titus and go through it all, it really instructs you well on what sound doctrine really is. Now, we go over to the sixth chapter of Hebrews, and we find the writer says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So we know that this is the doctrine of Christ. The apostles' doctrine was the doctrine of Christ. Like I said, where did he get it? He got it from God. He keeps going back to that. All right, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. So there is basic principles. Let's find out some of the things involved in the doctrine of Christ. Not laying, again, the foundation of repentance. So repentance is part of the doctrine of Christ. All right. Then he said, uh, from dead works of faith toward God, uh, he said, of the doctrine of baptisms. Now we know that baptisms is part of the doctrine of Christ. Why is it baptisms? He's talking about baptism in water and also the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And and of the laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. These are all part of the doctrine of Christ. It just contains it all. And he said, now, this will do if God permit. But he went on to say that we should go on to perfection. 
In other words, once you start in this doctrine, get all the basics, get all the fundamentals, uh, repent, be baptized, then be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and continue steadfastly, then continue. That's what this is all about here. Continue steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine. That The Apostles' Doctrine will teach you how that you're to conduct yourself. It'll teach you the truth about uh, divorce and remarriage. It'll teach you the truth on how to take communion. It'll teach you the truth and how to bring up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It'll teach you how to dress. It'll teach you how to wear your hair, whether you're a man or a woman. It'll teach you how to conduct yourself each and every day and to walk and live in holiness. And now, over in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the apostle writes there, and he said, now, he warned the Ephesians, don't, don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. He said, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't want to, you want to stay away from that. You don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, John wrote to the church in the uh, second epistle of John, verse 9. He said, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Ooh. Pretty powerful, huh? He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Now, he's saying it's an evil thing to fool with any other doctrine. You don't fool with any other doctrine. You stay steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In Revelations 2, Jesus Christ is doing the speaking here, and he said to uh, the church uh, in, um, let's see what church, Pergamos, he's talking to, and uh, he said, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, to, who taught Balaam to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, and to eat things sacrificed to idols and commit fornication. We teach against a lot of these holidays today, the, the heathen holidays, and say that you should have nothing to do with that. But uh, see, Balaam didn't. Balaam taught them to uh, do these things, and it was a stumbling block to them. And so we cry out against everything that's not like God. Then he says in verse 15, you also have them that have the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He said, now I hate that doctrine. So we've got two doctrines here. That's not God's doctrine, the doctrine of Balaam, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And then if you continue to read, you'll find out that he starts talking about Jezebel. He said, I'm going to hold that against you because uh, you suffered that woman Jezebel to teach uh, and uh, she called herself a prophetess, but to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her a space of time to repent for fornication. She repented not. And uh, then he tells what he's going to do and how he's going to cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. And he said, now I'm going to kill her children with death. And all the churches will know that I am he um, which searches the reins and the hearts. And uh, he went on down here in verse 24, But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine. There's another doctrine that's false, and that was the doctrine of Jezebel. 
and we find out that there's many false doctrines, false teachings, but the apostles, all, Jesus Christ, all of them warning. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? Uh, he said, beware of the leavening of the Pharisees, and this spake he of their doctrine. So there's many, many doctrines out there. God wants us to stay away from them, have no part of them, and uh, keep ourselves unspotted from the world and from these other doctrines, but continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Well, see how time is going again today. Just remember, if you're not in a church that's teaching this apostolic doctrine, you need to find one quick. Get in before it's eternally too late because Jesus is coming soon. You have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry.